An aging street performer turns his attention to his hobby as a way to escape the mundane, cyclical hell that is existence. His struggle to find his way within the constructs of reality highlights the everyday challenges adults with limited mental capacity face, while also addressing the chasm in this country between the haves and the have-nots. Guys, let's talk about Fred Durst, the fanatic. Look what I have created! I have made fire! I have made fire! I think this is one of the traits of a really good producer. Keep the talent happy. She just killed a helicopter with a car. He's out of bullets. All right, boys, prepare to be dazzled. Break yourself, fool! Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? It's important that we we get together on this thing. If you had some glue, I'm really good at gluing. I could just glue it. Sandbagging son of a bitch. Y'all ready to bust fast? Lick a license. A lick her license. We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. I am an FBI agent. You look like a blueberry. I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. Do you know who I am? You that silly ass reporter from the Channel 5 News. I'm Mo Green. What are you looking at, butthead? Let's go, let's go, I'm bored, let's go. An aging street performer struggles to come to terms with... That's like what I will imagine. Just super serious take on. <laughs> Welcome back to Five Guys Flicking Around. Do, Very... do it one more time. Sorry. I was typing and they'll pick it up. Kyle was typing. We're probably going to have that included um, in this edit. So right. thank you for the typing. Um, Kyle takes notes of what we say while we're saying it so we can go back through. I'm trying um, to become a stenographer and this is just good practice. I'm in the camp that it's a pipe dream and it's never going to happen. Pollard's much more supportive. Supportive because I like to be supportive, but in reality, I don't think it's a very successful option for you. That no does. had to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it should it should be noted this movie came out August thirtieth, twenty nineteen. Yeah. So we are approaching the five month anniversary, which is fun. One of the more interesting film experiences I've ever had. Interesting is a very kind word for it. Um, it was the longest ninety minutes of my life. Wow. Flew by for me. Yeah. I was loving it. When it ended, I was mad that there wasn't 90 more minutes. I feel like Joker ripped this movie off a bit. A little bit, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you know, You know, obsessed guy yeah. on the brink. He's kind of got some mental disabilities right. or handicaps, and he's pushed to the edge. And that's really what this story is about. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing with those movies and kind of like Taxi Driver and stuff, they do a good job of you don't know what's wrong with this guy. And this one, they make him... Just so low IQ and such a bottom rung of <laughs> intelligence ladder. Right. Like, this is a mentally challenged person <laughs> who's on his own, and people are exploiting him. They're shooting his limbs off. <laughs> yeah, we took a we took a twist on this movie for sure. Kind of like John Travolta did uh, yeah. with this in his career. Yeah, big like, gamble for him. Really big gamble. Talking about Pulp Fiction. Um, I would argue that it didn't pay off. I would love to hear if you guys had any arguments in the other direction. I do, actually. Um, this is a true fact. 
John Travolta won Best Actor at the Rome Film Festival for this film. No, he didn't. Presented by John Travolta. <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to say, no, I swear to God. I feel like that was their way of getting someone to show up is like, we'll give you Best Actor for The Fanatic if you come to the film festival. Um, but that's true. And he also campaigned for an Oscar for a brief period. No. I swear to God. I mean, it's made very clear in the opening credits that he's financially invested in this. And so everybody's working for him. This is irresponsible mm -hmm. filmmaking. As soon as you see one frame of the movie, <laughs> yeah. it, it falls apart immediately. Yeah. It's it's uh, simple Jack meets misery. It <laughs> seriously is simple Jack meets misery. You see John Travolta's haircut. And um, the, the seven different production houses that financially back this film. When a movie <laughs> opens with established powerhouses like Quiver Distribution, Redbox, Pretzel Fang, Kenwright Films, Kenwright. Wonder Film, and they're presenting a Fred Durst movie, you know you're in well, for a good time. And, and check this. So you get the production house clips. <laughs> I've never heard of any of them except Redbox, which and I didn't know produced movies. I don't even, I'm not even sure it's the same Redbox. <laughs> and... All of those production houses are listed twice. Mm -hmm. They are listed twice. They yeah. play it twice. Like they have the intro before the movie starts, uh -huh. and then in text title form, yeah. after you meet John Travolta <laughs> on a moped with a bad haircut, it's so like self serving and yeah, they get top billing twice. Yeah. yeah. There's uh there's two D's in red box. Same logo, but yeah, totally ripping them off. And then you get John Travolta's name attached to it. And everybody who's working on this is like, this is my big break. And even Redbox, which is like a notable company, it's like, finally, we have what we need to start like a production house. Like Netflix has done it, and Redbox is like, oh cool, we got our John Travolta flick. <laughs> this is our <laughs> like, this is our Irishman. <laughs> this is our uh, yeah. This is gonna be our break into like producing yeah. movies. And the Redbox one is interesting because maybe they saw it afterwards, you know, and were like, this is so awful. Let's let's jump in on this. And when this becomes a cult classic in like 10 years, mm -hmm. we'll profit from that. There was also that very uh, unceremonious and short-lived rollout for Gotti, the movie yeah, pass. Which we will be funded. doing if this podcast goes well. <laughs> movie pass, that yeah, was a, right. you know, burn too bright too oh, quick. Yeah, and uh, that was exciting. they produced another Travolta flick. So he was kind of like in on He's these. He's trying to like get an equity stake. In yeah, no, for sure. He had some points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, he had some percentage points. He was playing the game. Um, he made some calls and he made a bad call with this movie. Or a great call. Yeah, we'll see. When he's having... You know, giant uh, yeah. fanatic parties in ten years. Yeah, when when they're spending a hundred million on Moose Two, and everyone's watching, <laughs> and everyone's it. going at midnight, and then everyone yells, "I'm not a stalker!" At the same time, yeah, you know, like, it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's John sure Travolta is going to the Q and A's like Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent selling merch. Yeah, <laughs> it's got the haircut. <laughs> yeah, it's very Tommy yeah, Wiseau. Why would it's it very have much, haircut in this movie? Oh it reminds God. us uh, of the room. Um, Sounds like we should jump into first impressions. <laughs> yeah, have we had those already? I feel like we've uh, we've we, already painted we it. We blew right past those. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, you know the drill. Pollard, first impression. Um, very interesting first impression. The movie is so bad and so irresponsible with the way that it handles somebody with mental capabilities that are less than average, like however you want to put what condition he has. And so watching it with you guys, like it's funny to watch. And so for that 
reason, like I enjoyed the movie, mm-hmm. but um, in any other context, like I'm never making it through 10 minutes of this. Like I've never been this negative. <laughs> on, like even the movies that most of you guys end up hating, like I always end up liking. Yeah. There's always redeeming qualities. There's absolutely nothing redeeming about this movie. It's horrible. My first impression, this was awesome. I love this movie <laughs> <Yes>. so much. <laughs> I can't wait to watch it again and again and again. <laughs> yes. I don't want a year to go by where I don't watch this movie. <laughs> it had a unique ability to make you so uncomfortable <laughs> and so entertained at the same time. Yeah. And not uncomfortable in a suspenseful way. Just uncomfortable in a cringy, uncomfortable Cringy. Way. That's yeah. the word. I was going to say, so I've seen this movie. I watched it five months ago when it came out. It went straight to uh, streaming. No. VOD. <laughs> Believe it or not, this really? one? Redbox couldn't the get fanatic? this in theaters. <laughs> the nuclear arts one. <laughs> um, and as soon as I finished watching it, I was like, holy shit. Aaron, we have to watch this yeah. together. We true story. It's a true story. We rattled our brain tonight thinking of a movie to watch, and Aaron pulled this out of his ass somehow and was like, that fanatic, you like wanted me to watch that. And it was like, yeah, let's do to that To be fair, movie. I didn't know the name of the movie. I said, what's that awful Travolta <laughs> movie you've told me about? <laughs> yeah, and instantly I was like, yes, let's do that. Um, but Pollard was very uncomfortable. Like I, This was my second viewing, so I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Pollard just kept saying like, Ah, oh, so cringy, like, ugh, like in a very uncomfortable way. Yeah. Aaron leaned into it. Aaron was from Jump Street, just busting a gut at everything, having a ball with I've it. I've never watched a movie where during the movie I thought back to things that happened earlier in the movie and <laughs> laughed. <from that. laughs> and in this movie, Man, I did that. Yeah, yeah. No, this is uh for me uh, getting to watch it with Aaron and Pollard and. Having semi-approval from Pollard and full approval from Aaron, uh, I'm very happy that that's where we landed because I wanted this to be an every year kind of movie for me. Like Pollard said, I can't wait to show this to Dan, to Spencer, to Mike. Like This is up there with The Room and Chun-Li. And just as soon as I finished it, I was like, this is an instant so bad it's great classic for me. Yeah. Um, and on second viewing, it firmly held that position. This might be one bogged down by details. Uh, <laughs> and in the beginning, I like to call this chapter of the movie Meet the Moose. And along with that, Meet the Moose, we get introduced to the Leah voiceover. Yeah. So we find out very soon that this guy, Moose, who's played by John Travolta, has one really close friend. Her name is Leah. Um, she's sort of his caretaker of sorts. And so her voice becomes the narrator for a lot of the film, um, contributing nothing. No, I've never been so caught off guard by a narrator interjection yeah. it, there's, in this movie. There's like a subreddit that's like something to the effect of 14 and deep. Mm-hmm. Where it's a bunch of fourteen-year-olds posting what they think are deep thoughts. And yes. Like, and oh yeah, uh, I'm fourteen exactly, and this is deep. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what the voiceover yeah. narration yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and her intro voiceover is very much painting the picture of Los Angeles as a town full of phonies. There's a montage. I call it the city of bullshitters. Yes. But then again, <laughs> I live here. Yeah. So what does that say? Yeah, who am I to wow. judge? I live here <laughs> too. The bullshitters falls into that 14 and deep. It's like, yeah. wow, you're creative. Like, yeah, you definitely 14 and deep. And then we well get... Well done, Mr. Durst. We get this uh, introduction to John Travolta 
Durst puts it right in your face. <laughs> he right puts away. it right in your face. Are we face. talking about when he's on the moped yes. or when he's in the store? Okay. The first moped, time you see okay. him, it's kind of light music. He somehow introduced like a complex character that you want to care about, but maybe look down on. Um, but instead, it's just, it's almost slapstick. So he's on a moped and he's wearing a bike helmet, like right off the bat. That's underprepared. Yeah. That's yeah. not going to end well. It's, it's <laughs> Yeah, the first shot of him just throws you off. He's wearing a backpack. <laughs> yeah. Like, a lot of signifiers that this guy is going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. You, no, he's interesting, and he, he ends up going to one of really only a couple places that he ever ends up in the entire More film. Budget. Yeah. And and sex. one of the main locations of the movie is this comic book store that you come to find out he hangs out at. His name is Moose. Um when he has a conversation with the comic book store owner, he's not put together. He's he's constantly pacing. His words are jumbled. His it, one of the first lines he says is, "I can't talk too long. I got to poo." Yeah. <laughs> that's his very a- first line. <laughs> Yeah, that's the first thing he says in the movie. And it's like, oh, okay. The, so the image of him on the moped with the bike helmet, that where I thought maybe he's dumb, yeah. it's solidified yeah. instantly. Yeah, he's dumb, and he's a fan of a lot of different things. Um, obviously, he's at a comic book store, and he's you come to find out he, he owns a lot of collectibles. Um, he's particularly interested in horror movies. They're called pornos. The store clerk is very chummy with him right off the bat. Very nice. Very like he doesn't like that this guy comes into his store, but he's nice to him. It seemed like he liked. Well, it, he's though. he likes him enough to give him a great discount he on calls the vest. Him chocolate mousse. And then, yeah, then that's endearing. No one. <laughs> yeah. No one. <laughs> he knew. <laughs> he knew the moose leg. had to poo. Yeah. No. The moose is loose. <laughs> the moose. <laughs> The moose is loose. Um, Aaron had pointed out, like, this guy's a moron right away. And it's in. Calling him a moron's aggressive because, like, he has mental issues. Sure. No, but honestly, I feel like it's granted with the way that it's acted and portrayed in the film. Like, I don't. Yes. We don't have to be responsible in how we analyze it when it's so irresponsible. Yeah, this man is clearly unwell and it's highlighted very early on again when he rubs his ear and smells it yeah, yeah. and the clerk guy gives him an ah just like fuck that's gross yeah. <laughs> like and they they just show it in full just like this guy's disgusted by this man yeah, yeah. you don't need to put that in there <laughs> no that doesn't do anything <laughs> no the guy yeah. reacting like that if he is actually like a friend of yeah. this He'd understand that this is what he does. Right, this is part right. of his disability. They're not approaching it right. with any kind of like nuance and like let's be sensitive here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's interesting having him be this this moron character because <laughs> yeah. let's see, he's a fucking moron. <laughs> he's a moron. Uh, yeah, yeah. So while he's with the comic book store owner, um, and he finds out that the guy's going to be there to sign autographs, he wants something really special to bring with him to get signed by. This actor, Hunter Dunbar, mm-hmm. and the comic book store owner reveals this jacket vest that was used in the filmmaking. It says Rico on it. It's like a bejeweled black leather motorcycle vest. It looks like something a leather daddy would wear, not something from like a famous movie. What's a leather daddy? It's a BDSM thing for <laughs> guys that like to be <laughs> taken aggressively sexually. Interesting. Yeah. Go to fiveguysflickingaround.com to read more. Yeah, check out our merch. We need to have like a leather vest. We need to have like 5GFA. A bedazzled 5GFA. 
GFA sequin. That uh, would just be great. Leather jacket. But it's it's valued at eight hundred dollars. Yet the comic book store guy gives him a huge discount on consignment. On consignment, <laughs> he he not only offered accepts the offer of three hundred dollars instead of eight hundred dollars, but he says, "Don't even pay me yet until the end of the year or whatever." And he's and then he has the gall to say, "I want to give this to you." And it's like, what? Yeah, that immediately (laughs) contradicts what he just said. But he gives it to Travolta. He puts it on backwards. And after being corrected, he says, I know, I know, and wears it um, and mopeds home. I feel like Durst was like, he didn't look stupid enough in the opening. Let's get another shot of him with the same shit on the moped. But now he's wearing a backwards vest that says Rico. They edited out a scene where he's wearing the vest backwards and he steps in gum with both feet and he's just around in gum and he can't get it off he we find out that he's invited to a party that hunter dunbar is going to be at the next portion of the movie as he approaches uh the outside of this party that he wants to get into i like to call moose hopper <laughs> and uh he meets his friend leah who is in a lot of ways the only hope for this character to uh carry out any of his fantasies. She enables him a lot. <laughs> she really does. Like, it, this yeah. guy is not a crazed fanatic who ends up in a gunshot, like, <laughs> horror movie ending if she doesn't help him so much along the way. Oh, yeah. What did she think great would point. happen getting him into this party? Yeah, she tells him about the party. What were her Then she meets him there, and she offers to help him to hop over the fence so that he can get in. Also, this is portrayed as like an A-list, celebs-only, you know, night with hors d'oeuvres and meet and greets and photos and press. And he's hopping like a wooden fence in an alley to get in? Yeah. That's not how those things work at all. (laughs) As soon as he gets in, he's got the backpack on. He approaches the bar and asks for a, a milkshake. To which the bartender's like, what are you talking about? This made me think of when Kyle went to Seattle and Mike took him to Mike's favorite bar. Kyle ordered a pina colada. (laughs) And they said, we don't serve those here. And Mike got embarrassed. That would make me embarrassed, That's a a true story. (laughs) It was, was, I think it was like a Thai restaurant that also had a bar in it. (laughs) Well, that's already weird to begin with. Yeah. You don't know what you're supposed to order there. No, totally. I was was just, you know, can't hurt to ask. So (laughs) it's like, hey, if you don't have one, that's fine. I'll take a Budweiser. But Mike was really, I really let him down. I'm sorry, buddy. So he's at the party and he doesn't meet. um, He doesn't get his milkshake. I want that. He doesn't get his milkshake. That's his bad bite. Okay. So you're at a bar. You're ordering a drink. You have the gall to order a milkshake Mm -hmm. at a, you know, black tie event. You have the bigger balls to say strawberry milkshake. And on top of that, you say, (laughs) you say made with real ice cream. That's a whole list of demands for this very insane request. Would have been funny if the guy was like, um, let me. Yeah, I I have those ingredients. I can't, I can't believe it, but yeah, I can. I don't know if I have couple. real. Oh, we got real ice cream. Yeah, Shit. okay. Uh, yeah, have yeah. a seat. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll the, get started. I got strawberries for the daiquiris. We can do this thing. <laughs> he doesn't get his milkshake. He doesn't get to be bad by it. Yeah. He doesn't never get, get to see him eat the strawberry milkshake. You know what? He asked for strawberry ice cream later in the film, yeah, too. Yeah. And not one time does he get his ice cream. No. 
Um, He's super allergic. He also, yeah, he also doesn't get to meet Hunter Dunbar, which he's there for. But he does run into a female actress by the name of Amanda, who is pretty kind to him. Also weird, they never have, Amanda doesn't have a last name. <laughs> like, just a Do weird they not say it? Yeah, he like, repeats oh, you're it. You're so and so, not you're Amanda. Excuse me, Amanda. Excuse me, Amanda. Hi. How are you this evening? Um, I'm wonderful, thank you. And and you? I'm just fine. Thank you for asking. Your your movie is amazing, and you're going to be amazing in it. Thank you. That's so sweet. You should do more horror pictures, Amanda. <laughs> yeah. You're a great final girl. You certainly know my work. <laughs> yeah. Do you know where Hunter Dunbar is tonight? Uh, Hunter? Well, you know, I believe Hunter is at his son's elementary school play. <laughs> You know, all those kids might think that Hunter is some sort of, like, real-life action hero. Great. Oh. I need to I need to get an autograph from Amanda. Don't let him do this to me, Amanda. I'm a fan. I'm a number one fan. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I came here to see Hunter Dunbar. Leon! Leah! If I saw Glenn Close, <laughs> I wouldn't be like, hey, Glenn! You're like, you're Glenn Close. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, they portray her as like a very famous celebrity. Yeah. Like, she's in everything, she's mm. great. But <laughs> the actress they found has a very tenuous grasp on the English language. Yeah. Her accent is extremely thick. Yeah. I don't know if it, it, I'm wrong here, but it, I find it hard to believe that yeah. she carved out like a huge celebrity yeah. status they were, with her very tenuous grasp. They were trying to go for English. like a, they were trying to go for like a Salma Hayek or you know, like a, Rosie Perez was a pretty yeah, big deal. That's <laughs> immediately who I thought yeah. of. I was like, I guess after white oh, men baby, can't jump, screw <laughs> yeah, he's he's a huge fan of her. Um, he's complimenting her on her movies. She's pretty nice, I think. She is for she the is. most She's part. Super nice. Like, Until she doesn't tell security to leave him alone. Right. Yeah. Like I'll sign something. Quickly but this guy him. is clearly out of place. He looks like he's out of place. Yeah. And oh, it's, yeah. He's got a backpack on in a bar. Um, the security comes and, and claims that he's not allowed to have a bag there, and they start to pull him Very away. Valid. And, Very valid. And uh, you're kind of waiting now at this point for this. Is he going to snap? Mm-hmm. Is sort of the question at that's this in point play in the movie, now. I'm thinking he's buying and selling celebrity merch as a way to make a living. On a first watch, like, okay, this guy's weird. He's scraping <laughs> by the bottom of the barrel, but like, this is what he does. It's yeah. kind of like. Yeah. Uh, she takes photos of celebrities. He gets celebrities to sign stuff. That's a real industry. Mm-hmm. So you think that's where, he, where his profession's at. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what it seems like. Oh, boy. And without the next scene, we wouldn't learn that he's actually dressed up as a British Constable. police officer, a London guard, mustachioed, like, what is he? He's a copper. I call this part of the movie Moose, Moose Hard at Work. And it's it's this guy's career Hello. now. He's got an act he's got another let's act in front of the mirror scene oh, as he's getting dressed and they're great. just saying Travolta just go with it and we'll put together the best clips. Hello, welcome to Hollywood. Welcome to Hollywood. Welcome to Hollywood. What rhymes are night off. Price for drink on night off. Dreams my. 
Scotland in bridges right over there. It's over. The Beatles are here. The Beatles are here. Hello, Tracy. Hello, Tracy. Hello, Tracy. Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Um, his accent is so bad. Um, and it's made clear that he's kind of like this street performer, but he's not really performing. No. <laughs> people, he's... there's the London Bridge is that way. <laughs> he's on Hollywood Boulevard. Where is he? It's, it's he's a... in front of uh, Grauman's Chinese Theater, okay. I think, which is where yeah. these kind of street performers are. It's the same. Uh, it's the equivalent. So touching on Mike from Maine, mm-hmm. also not an expert at accents and voices, but if Mike went on Hollywood Boulevard or Grauman's Chinese Theater, put on an outfit, and started doing his impersonation of that outfit, yeah. that's what it's like. Oh, yeah. it's the worst British... Uh, it sounds more Australian. Yeah. The quine. <laughs> <laughs> he's practicing. He's very committed. He's just not good at it. No, instead he's on the street. He's performing. We get to meet Todd the God, which is another street performer... Um, he's a hustler. Did you see the pants Todd was wearing? No, I missed him. More like Todd with the rod. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> I don't know. Introducing LA's only costume shop, exclusively renting one well-worn British constable outfit. If you need to impress at a work event, Halloween party, or just doing a side hustle in your best Cockney accent, Moose's Rent-A-Copstume Emporium has you covered. Our only costume has passed the smell test, and you're not going to want a biscuit. It's a one-cop shop, only at Moose's Rent-A-Copstume Emporium. No layaway offered. Moose goes back to the comic store. Um, this is the next day, and he waits in line for Hunter Dunbar. When he gets up to the front of the line and is finally about to have his um, all of his different items signed, um, the actor is pulled away, which upsets this guy mm-hmm. and they end up in the alley in an argument and it's basically the first run-in this of many this is the only time in the movie i feel bad for moose you need to learn some fucking manners buddy i'm sorry mr dover but i have every vhs i have every dvd this is space vampires how would i sign your face with my fucking fists that's a collector's item you're not going to want to take home trust me he takes it a little far i think he's he comes off as a jerk leah introduces Moose to an app where you can find the location of celebrities' homes. It's it's a very bad move for a friend and someone that cares about this man yeah. and knows that he is just obsessed with this when shit. When he gets on the app later, he calls her and thanks her. Yeah. And then the next part of the movie I like to call Dunbar on a run bar. <laughs> and this is where the actor Dunbar is running home um, with his son, and he son runs into Moose. Beta. He's got to ride a bike. He can't yeah. keep up with Dad. I think it's more Devin Sawa's an alpha. His kid's riding a bike, and he's keeping up on foot. I see what you He's did. running very fast. No, what it is, it's like, <laughs> I don't want to... That's a spin on it. <laughs> what I felt from it is like, I don't want to hang out with you, but you want to ride your bike, so like I'm going to get my fitness in, which is for my next role. Yes. Like This is about yes. me. Yeah, so it's like daddy-son bonding time, but really this is just me trying to go on a run. And daddy-son bonding time reminds me of the BDSM thing we were talking about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, did you say bonding or bondage? I didn't know. That, there's bondage later. <laughs> oh, okay. There the is. Movie. There is bondage yeah. later. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> when he's running home, he finds Moose outside of his property, 
it gets aggressive to the point where he says, you know, you want an autograph? I'll give you an autograph. And he grabs the guy's Sharpie and he kind of Sharpie stabs him mm-hmm. and autographs the front of his shirt, leaving Moose distressed and upset. Um, there's a scene with him and Leah at the cafe. She finds out that he had broken onto the property and we get the first time that he gets to yell at her and say, I'm not a stalker. Goes right into him getting in a shoving match with Todd the God again. And he ends up choking him and screams at him very violently. But, like, he's not really no. in a position to, like, cause anyone any Even real harm. Even if he harm. was, like, double the strength and size, I'd still feel confident in my ability to outwit, outsmart, and outlast <laughs> Moose. Yeah. The, play the that's a spinoff, yeah. The fact that, jumping ahead, the fact that he's able to get Dunbar in such a compromising situation says a lot about Dunbar's inability to simply watch his property. When the housekeeper tells Dunbar, like, hey, someone was on the property, he's so nonchalant about it. and he's No, he like, hits on her. Yeah. Yeah, he kisses he, he her. Doesn't, he tries yeah, to he doesn't make just hit on her. I think he sexually assaults her, technically, maybe. He does we make get the a impression move. it's not the first time. To Aaron's point, he calls his agent later in the movie and says, you should know I kissed the maid again. So this is... This is not out of the ordinary for Sawa to be aggressively, yeah. you know, making out with the maid. Yeah, he's no. on a couple different medications, too. He's not really, <laughs> he's not really taking care of himself. He's, he's comatose or he's running. Yeah, he might have been blacking out every day. Yeah. He doesn't really know what's happening. He also left happening. his manager a voicemail that said, I just drank a fifth of vodka. Dare, Dare me, me to, to drive. drive. Wow. Um, you give him a starter hat to sign that he didn't sign? This next part of the movie I like to call Moose in the Bush. Holy shit, though. Yeah. Wow. Right. Stan is all about a fanatic. I didn't even put that together. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah he is. Dude, it's about an assassin fan. Gotta start over. Sawa. Yeah, can yeah. we do first impressions again? Yeah. This is actually <laughs> a delete that. Delete this is a, delete what we This is a really good movie. <laughs> now that you've told me this, <laughs> this is. I get it. Travolta, Redbox, you did it. No, they did it. They did it. <laughs> So go back to when he's uh, talking about how he might poo himself. <laughs> yeah, in the very beginning of the film, I gotta poo we, we never see him poo. Oh, that's true. The moose poo don't do. do. <laughs> moose never do do. No do do for moose do. And I gotta poo. <laughs> um, we get another scene of him breaking into the estate. I call this moose in the bush. And uh, these are getting lazier as, yeah. as it goes on. <laughs> Moose in the bush. Uh, we talked about Dora opening up to Dunbar and him hitting on her. Dora's the maid. We get to meet Julio, the gardener, in this scene. Um, very. What cl- ethnicity was he? <laughs> <laughs> very clear <laughs> ethnic choices in the introduction of this character. He's a Mexican gardener who is listening to stereotypical Mexican music. And Dunbar's not happy that he's listening to music because he needs to be ready to talk to him whenever he wants. But I'm mm-hmm. surprised they're able to converse like this in the rain. Hey, 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 oh, hey. You got to listen to me when I talk to you. Uh, sorry, senor. I was just listening to my music and uh, I didn't. Dora says she saw somebody sneaking through the yard today. She's concerned, which, you know, makes me very concerned. Did you see someone strange in the yard today? No, no, senor. I just focus on work, is all. All right. Just work, eh? Okay. 
Look, do me a favor. You see somebody strange gallivanting to the yard, you let me know, okay? See. All right? See, see. Senor Hunter, it's raining out. I cannot finish. Uh, maybe I go home? Yeah. Yeah, go home. Gracias. He complains that it's raining and needs to go. It's not raining at all. <laughs> the gardener is looking for a half day off. He's trying to get home. So, uh, completely like acquiesces. Like, yeah, go home. Yeah. It's yeah. raining. Yeah, you, you go home. It's obviously not the kind of conditions that you need to work in. Yeah. Um, you need to go home and listen to more of your Mexican music. Um, just take the rest of the day off. Julio, Julio says, Julio says, I just focus on work is all. And then. Sawa goes, keep an eye out for a weirdo. And Julio's like, yeah, I'll keep an eye out, but also it's raining. Can I go home? <laughs> it's like, are you going to keep an eye out so, or are you going to leave immediately? Yeah. <laughs> so he leaves immediately. So does Dunbar with his son leaving Dora the... Um, Explorer? She's... And did we, did we stress how much it's not raining? No, <laughs> There's it's, no yeah, rain no, on screen at right all. He leaves and it gets the door apart. It's sunny out. Yeah. <laughs> It's bright and sunny. There's no clouds in the no, sky. No, yeah, they were like, we're yeah. going to add it later in post, and then they just forgot. Yeah. Redbox was like, we don't have money for that. <laughs> yeah, no. You, you said you had all the CGI raining. So, so no, should we no. get rid of the line? No, keep the line. <laughs> we need Julio gone. So I like it. Yeah. How do we get these characters out so that <laughs> it's just <laughs> Dora and Moose? <laughs> uh, just say it's raining. Yeah. You know, I'm Fred Durst. I'm writing the script. We've got That's right, he was a writer, too. <laughs> Story by Fred Durst, written by Fred Durst, produced by Fred Durst, directed by Fred Durst. This is firmly We've... a Fred Durst production. <laughs> this biscuit is firmly, and not limply, a Fred Durst production. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, he we... called it a Fred Durst biscuit. That's like the name he has for his, like a Spike Lee joint, is a Fred Durst biscuit. <laughs> Z in the case. Yeah. <laughs> So he's writing this script, and he's like, I have a, I have a gardener character. I have a, a housemaid mm -hmm. character. Julio and Dora, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's believable. They're both Latinos, I guess. Yeah. It's L.A. Okay, like, yeah, it's good yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's raining, and then the CGI rain comes in. Fred, it doesn't look like it's going to rain today or anytime soon. Yeah, but we have to shoot. We only have Julio for one day. Yeah. <laughs> we need to if get we this to, done. If we push this to tomorrow, that's 50 extra dollars to Julio. <laughs> Let's just, let's just film it now. We'll talk to Redbox. It'll... Quiver Distribution is not going to like yeah, that. I can't make another phone call Which that's delaying. Which is all fine if they don't leave it in the movie. Look, 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 Ken Wright Films has been reaching out. They want a piece of this. Yes. They'll give us $2,000. We just have to put their name in the credits twice. You know, yeah. If the line was, it looks like it's going to rain, it would have been better. Because <laughs> it would have been like, that's a weak-ass excuse. Yeah. To go home yeah. early, but your boss said it's okay. Whatever. That's a lazy Mexican. Yeah. That's that'll work. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to work no more because it's I already two p.m. It's, it's like rain it's later. Rain. <laughs> Dora is left alone, and uh, she sees the note that Moose had dropped earlier from their run-in. That's right. And so she goes out there and she picks up the note. Moose, we find out, is. Um, in the bushes, watching. That's the title of the segment. And that's the segment, Moose in the Bush. Because he's in the bush when she picks up the note. That mm -hmm. note is for Dunbar and Dunbar only. Yeah. This causes him to jump out of the bush. Now we're entering the Moose out of the bush sequence. Um, there's a little bit of a, 
a frantic back and forth between him and her and the note um, causing her to fall, hit her head, and die. Dora's dead, dude. Dora's dead. Dora's dead, dude. Uh, Moose's reaction to Dora dying. He doesn't even take into the idea that he should just leave now, yeah. um, which probably anyone in their right mind would do. Instead, we get to enter the section of the movie I call Moosing Around Inside. <laughs> Not even Moose on the Loose inside. Oh, Moose on the Loose inside. I had to write this really fast. You guys didn't give me enough time before we recorded. Moose on the you're Loose. you're a stalker. God, I knew I messed that up. More Moose like dumb the... bar. Moose on the Loose inside. He goes inside. He's so excited that he's entering the house. I did not go inside excited, Moose excited. He goes and he starts playing around. He plays the piano, which is great. He notices that there's no ice cream. Mm-hmm. The he, piano part would have been cool if he did the ding 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 Or yeah. or we get him. We get him. Yeah, we get him playing like Furelies. Just yeah. like he's a savant. Like oh, this, yeah. he's really yes. good at the piano. Like, yeah, that would have been way down, better. It's just, it's just everything calms down. All the, all the voices. Instead, <laughs> let's hammer home. This guy's a doofus. He's making up a song, hitting all the keys. Yeah, yeah. it's atrocious. Yeah, he can't it's, even be like the one guy genius one angle. No, the Fred Durst direction again was like, okay, Travolta, here you go. We got a piano in here. We got a coffee table. We got some stuff. Like, give us your best mentally unstable, crazed guy stuff in this room. Go. Yeah, to see the documentary of the making of this movie. Of just like Durst directing Travolta in these scenarios. Like, oh yeah, just play around, touch the piano. There's that famous clip of Jack Nicholson in The Shining mm-hmm. that's of like getting jacked. Yeah, yeah. his like hyped. getting hyped and ready mm-hmm. to do like the act yeah. scene. And it's like become viral. Like, it's such a popular. Like, I could imagine the Travolta version of that in this movie. Yeah. Just being another glimpse he's, at how irresponsible they he's are. He's like shoving his hand down his pants and like <laughs> sniffing it. <laughs> You got pink eye for a couple of weeks and they had to shut down production. <laughs> he plays with the piano. He finds out there's no ice cream, which is upsetting. Um, he sees the different pills that Dunbar takes, which is a little revealing into that character. A little intrusive. In an intrusive act, that's over the top. Over the top. Very intrusive. You're not supposed to look in someone's medicine cabinet. No. It's just it's just taboo. Yeah. When staying as a house guest in anyone's house, it's and, just not what you're supposed reality, to do. In reality, we all do it. I look at yours all the time. I don't just look. I use them. And my dick still doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> um, being a pretzel fang production, like we've talked about, this is supposed to be an A-list celebrity when we actually get to root around in this man's house, it's very clearly a cheap Airbnb property. Yes, right. <laughs> like, it there's is the brown, smallest, <laughs> ugliest yeah. little house. Yeah. It is so outdated. <laughs> he property Andrews. He does probably the most disgusting of any of the invasive acts while in the home, and he brushes his teeth with the guy's toothbrush. 
Well, I, I, I was very happy that he smelled it first and then decided to he use smells, it. Yeah. He's like a dog. He, likes <laughs> yeah. he smells before he, before he goes all the way. Smells the jam, smells the toothbrush, his ear. Probably yeah. if, his if, he had it, if he had just used it right away, I would have been taken aback. But he vetted it. He said, no, this smells good. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to put this in my mouth. He certainly smelled <laughs> Devin Sour. I mean, he, he smells. We're like Devin Sour, huh? <laughs> Yeah, he was stinky. <laughs> also, also you smell this... bad. You smell bad. <laughs> also, this guy doesn't have an electric toothbrush. Yeah, come on. Again, 2019 guys. Like Fucking... this is an A-list actor, and he's yeah, using right, he's right. using like the Oral B yeah. free one you get when you go to the dentist. Wonder Film refused to pay for the electric toothbrush. <laughs> they said, "Yeah, it looked like a no toothbrush. one's gonna notice." <laughs> The toothbrush that was like the emergency toothbrush he had previously bought on vacation because he forgot his toothbrush. And he took it home. He's like, you know what? If I need a backup, it's here. And again, like the fine line between like creepy movie, what are they trying to do? Like if they had just gone full on comedic Mm -hmm. and he's just like rubbing the toothbrush in his armpit and like being super goofy. Yeah. Like I feel like the movie could have been so much better. He goes in the closet. He puts on his ex-wife's clothes. Mm -hmm. He starts singing to dude looks like a lady. He's vacuuming the house. That's fun. That's, that's more fun. Plays a real song on the piano instead of just banging the keys. Um, He watches the guy's home videos, Mm -hmm. which I think would take a long time to find. And this part of the movie is one of the most egregious continuity errors in a movie that had a film editor. Devin Sawa is looking for his blazer. He's calling his agent. He's got his phone. He's ready to go out. And the very next shot is him tucking his son in bed. It's what? You were just about to leave. You were getting ready to leave. Now you're tucking your son in. John Travolta's still in the house. Yeah, then he he puts on the coat on the chair. Yeah, it was so poorly done. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. You're right. The timeline is very unclear. Oh my god, was he there for 24 hours and now the sun's there? And all this this whole time, Dora's dead still. Yeah, she's been dead. She's been rotting for 12 hours (laughs) on the lawn. lawn. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Also, what was he doing with the sun that they were out so late anyway? Exactly. Like it seemed. Why is he getting a blazer? Why is he going yeah. in his closet when to get they, a blazer? When they <laughs> left, they, it yeah, looked like they left on a... <laughs> this, is, this is my sleep blazer. Yeah, he I'm going to go take my pills yeah, and pass he, out on the couch. After. He's got his like, <laughs> night smoking jacket. And, and he's, he's gonna... not wearing it later. <laughs> no, he's... But Moose is in the closet. It seems like it seems like the jacket, the jacket is like the one that he puts on when he calls his agent. Like this is I'm about to ask for more money in my next role jacket. Uh, you got to feel powerful to be powerful. <laughs> John Travolta being in the closet part was interesting, for the sim- <laughs> just for the symbolism. You can do a Google search on that. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly Preston is a lonely lady. Yeah. Not saying she's lonely, but she's certainly lonely. <laughs> After he puts his son to sleep, and that's where we get to see um, a creepy shot of Travolta underneath his son's bed. We don't know where that's going. No, why was he? He was in the closet the scene before. Now he's <laughs> under the bed while he's tucking him in. It makes no sense. Right, he's creeping around. He's, Man moves it, like... This is, moves this, on the loose. <laughs> this is a big house, and he's picking the worst spots to be every yeah. moment. Is anyone coming here? No, <laughs> this is a kid's bedroom. Hunter falls asleep on the on the chair downstairs. To which Travolta now can interact with him basically face on face. Well, this was a face great... to face. 
It's yeah. a lot of face-on-face action because Travolta yeah. goes as far as to kiss the guy's forehead mm-hmm. while trying to take a selfie. He even yeah. drops the phone on him. Yeah. You're kind of... Um, he just keeps testing the limits, like yeah. we said. No, the like, whole rubbing the ear and smelling thing, like he does yeah. that to Dunbar. Yeah. Kind of tucks him in, ends up kind of dozing off. Yeah. He has a flashback for this part of the movie I like to call Moose's Mama's Got It Going On. <laughs> That's a good one. You, you get a flashback good. of Moose as a kid. There's only a couple things to pick up in that. That's his mom is being promiscuous. Mm-hmm. And he's obsessed with movies. He's used movies to sort of take the place of a reality he doesn't want to live, maybe. Well, when you finally get a scene, it's so unrewarding. You're They're taking a moment to really peel the lens back and show you how did Moose become Moose. And instead of being like, Here's his name. It's actually right. Brian. And this is why order. he's yeah. fucked up and really go to a dark place. Right. They just, they don't tell you anything. Yeah, we know he likes movies. Yeah, his name's that's Moose. Literally every I scene. I guess is, his mom's a whore and that's all we're supposed to learn. <laughs> every scene it's mentioned that he likes movies. Yeah. Not shown. It's it's told, not shown. Yeah. Show, don't tell. No, it's and it allows him the opportunity to fall asleep uh, so much that he... Is woken up in the morning. That's um, playing with fire. Yeah, by uh, Hunter's alarm. It should um, have been a Limp Bizkit song playing on his phone. Yeah. Everything. Interesting. Yeah, we'll get there. No, we'll get there very soon because in the next scene, I like to call Fred Dursting in a Fred Durst movie. Ooh. I'm Durst, I'm Durstin thirsting around? for some Durstin. That's a good one. <laughs> Dang it! Dang it! Call it thirsting for a Durstin. Dang it! Okay, start it over. <laughs> thirsting for a Durstin. That. That's part of this Quench movie. Your Durst. I like to call thirsty for a Dursty. <laughs> Did I do it? Good. Is that, that it? That is awesome. Um, Great idea. Dunbar's driving his kid around in the neighborhood or on his way home, and he puts on Limp Bizkit. Oh my gosh! You okay with some music? You like a little limp biscuit? Sure. You like a little biscuit? Yeah. Yeah? Nice and loud. I used to listen to this back in the day. This is hot. Oh my god, that is nice. That is nice. What I like about it is this is Fred Durst saying, let me pat myself on the back. Kind of like the flickies. You know, yeah. that's that's a good move. Is that when award you, show sure escalated. He took the time to say, I'm pretty great. Let's yeah. highlight that. I've been doing this for 20 I, years. I think and we all relate. Going back to Joel's research on Little Giants, in 1993, Devin Sawa was 15. All the other kids were 10, remember? Mm. So right. when Limp Bizkit was cool, Devin Sawa was like 21, 22. Yeah, he was also so loving it. It checks out. Yeah, yeah, it checks out. Just going on the research. Yeah, that could have been a Sawa thing. The script yeah. said, hey, let's put in Puddle of Mud. I've worked with them a lot. I'd like to give them a shout out. Yes. And instead, Sawa's like, you know, I was really actually a Limp Biscuit fan. That's kind of why I took this project. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting that Sawa being excited about, like, I've worked with Eminem. Like, yeah. And, and then Sawa. Like, yeah. My dreams are coming true. And then Sawa's like, I'd love to do Nookie or Rollin' or In Together yeah. Now, one of the hits. And Fred Durst is like, that's my only thing is I need to play an unknown Limp Bizkit right. song because I'd like to get popular again. And if yeah. we could get another hit on the radio from all the people that are going to see the fanatic, from Chocolate hearing Starfish, that song, we get that back in rotation. <laughs> oh my god! And then calling the DJs and saying, let's play this Limp Bizkit song. You know, it's one of those. 
the song became popular 20 years later because yeah. this movie's a phenomenon. Also a John Travolta movie. What? Wow. That would, thinking of Michael. That would be a Michael situation. Uh, <laughs> was Limp Bizkit, was it? What was the album? It was Hot Dog Flavored Water? Yes, Chocolate Starfish. Chocolate, Star, 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 chocolate both, right? Starfish. That, okay, and the Hot Dog, dog Flavored okay, I knew, Water. I knew it was one or the other or both. And then there was also the one with the graffiti, and it was like the skater. And it, I like, think that uh, was just like self-titled. I feel like it had a name. It, oh. Like I, I can't believe none of us. If if I wasn't Brandon was here, fan. he would know. Um, it's definitely got a title. It's I like, definitely had chocolate starfish. Like I didn't have that one. Significant other. Yeah, I there it is. Yeah, I, I, I would not have. Words. I would not have guessed that. Yeah. yeah. No, I remember loving chocolate starfish. We could just talk about Limp Bizkit for a little while. Um, that I'm was down. that was the era when like you, you went home and then you. Like went on AOL Instant Messenger, oh, yeah. popped in a CD oh, yeah. in the CD player, and then you like called your friends and you like Star Sixty Nine, so good, so that you burned would burn a couple CDs. Yeah, <laughs> like you could burn a CD, you know, before you you yeah. got to school, but you had to make sure you had like thirty minutes, right? Because it it take a while. Yeah. yeah. So when me and Brandon get together, oftentimes we'll Google or YouTube. 90s artists new metal bands like this and like their festivals mm -hmm. and it's insane like 1999 woodstock with limp biscuit yeah. yeah is a sea of you cannot imagine if you had to guess <laughs> if i had to put a number on it fifty thousand people are there to watch limp biscuit and fred durst is just dursting around like yelling at people not really trying and 50,000 people are just so into it. Yeah. Mosh pits, circles. Just like if your airplane is, it's like, is that a, a crop circle? Is that what they're called? Yeah. Yeah. And they look like crop circles. They're yeah. huge. They're ginormous. And they're just new metal fans from 1999 yeah. with, you know, choker necklaces yeah. and fucking baggy shirts just going hard. Yankee red hats. Yes. I think that there's like a the bases with his contact lenses just fucking freaking everyone <laughs> yeah, out. Right. <laughs> there's like a there's something to be said in every era of music where you look back on it later and you're just like why were they even popular? Mm -hmm. I feel like that era in particular like every popular artist yeah. can be argued in that way. Like it's just a weird how is it that that many people would show it's up to that It's weird because... It's crazy. So bracketing that era, earlier 90s stuff is nostalgic because it's like, that was good music. It's, it captures a spirit and an essence. Later stuff from like 10 years ago or so has a nostalgic twinge of like, oh, that was this point in my life. But that early 2000s niche, late 90s, mm -hmm. is nostalgic for like... That's a thing that happened. All the like wrong it's reasons. All like yeah. flabbergasted yeah. that you can't believe it actually existed. No, that's it's, the it's, reason it's, it's nostalgic. When you were living it's through it, yeah. that's what's so amazing is when you're living through it. If I were to see that Woodstock video in 1999, I'd be like, "Fuck yeah! Yes. I'm gonna wait. <laughs> I'm gonna wait until 2 a.m. when TRL is gonna live stream right. the Limp Biscuit Woodstock, and I'm I'm there. I'm like doing it with them. Yeah. And now you know, 20 years removed. You're just like, what the fuck was going on? <laughs> Why? Why were we all so captivated yeah, by this hindsight, rap metal hybrid? Hindsight <laughs> is 2020. It yeah. was bad music. It yeah. was not. 
there's not something that you look back on it now and you want to listen to that no album from the corn now. Yeah. <laughs> and what's what's fun about it is in 20 years, people are going to look back on Fred Durst's filmography and feel the same way. Yeah. How did this That's get made? Why was John Travolta in in line for this? Why did five guys love this movie so much? When he's listening to Limp Bizkit, he pulls up and sees Moose uh, right around his property again. Gets out. They have a, a much more intense altercation, um, causing him to once again claim that he's not a stalker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that I'm leaves my, Moose. My one customer. <laughs> that leaves Moose really distraught and just like moped crying yeah. his way through Hollywood. And very quickly, he loses much more than just his emotions because I like to call this little clip in the movie. Big Moose Fall Hard. Nice. <laughs> okay, you're back. These are all great. And uh, and on his moped, something breaks, causing him to eventually... The governor just starts speeding out of control. It, it, he, hits a, he hits the curb, right? Yeah. Like, the moped breaks down, and it's clear he needs to pull over. Um, I don't know what exactly causes him to run into the curb. It's a comedy of errors. It's just, just moose being moose. It's moosing. <laughs> Not the first time he's fallen on his moped. It'll he be the falls last. so hard. We did like the 15 second back button thing. Yeah. Because it's just like it's, such a great prat fall. It's a great fall. And it's a little poorly edited where it's kind of, it looks like a frame or two's missing or was sped up <laughs> to like really make the fall pop or something. And uh, so that was interesting. And he's in his like London police yeah. officer suit thing too yeah it's just really laying it on thick they're they're really painting the picture that he's being pushed to his limits this is all not working anymore no because and he, he doesn't even know he murdered that woman he's so stupid he thinks right she had a nosebleed yeah, dora's still dead he doesn't know he's he should be worrying about i've murdered someone he, already he manslaughtered for sure he's upset that he's doing the british cop thing that he's crashing his bike. He has to drive a moped everywhere. Devin Sawa yelled at him. Devin Sawa doesn't even check his lawn nope. and see his dead mate out there. Devin Sawa says earlier in the movie, you've really turned this house into a home. And yet she disappears for days on end and he doesn't notice. No idea. Yeah. He goes home. He's crying. He's screaming in the mirror again. He's watching Hunter Dunbar movies crying. He's burning all of his Hunter Dunbar stuff. Yeah. He's completely snapping. Leah comes over um, claiming like, why did you post this stuff on social media of you breaking into Dunbar's house? And he blocks her on social media because that's what you do when you're mad at someone. Yeah. I always, when Jana's yelling at me, I say, I'm going to hit my block you on social media button. And then she backs down. Um, But I love that I have that kill switch where I can just shut down all social media with one button. That's not how those go. He gives in. And that's it. Yeah, you no. shut the fuck up. Yeah, he no, never. No, no. Yeah. no, you she, shut the fuck up. He just takes it. Yeah, no, then, you you would never and then block. falls in line. It's sad. It's, it's so people people call me out. They say I Janice said that, you know, you threatened to block her on social media and I go, "Yeah, and I'm going to do it." And then they say, "No, you're not, pussy." And then I back down. <laughs> Those are his parents. Yeah, that's a lot of people um, I look up to. He is pushed <laughs> to the edge. And finally it seems like we're going to get Sort of the final scene, final display of Moose. Um, We're kind of arriving at the final destination. That's right. 
This that part for this episode. This part of the movie I call Moose's final destination. There it is. No, originally I had something like uh, horrible Moose's last stand. Horrible Moose's horrible ode to horror movies. <laughs> he has a way of respecting movies in this scene, which I think is playful and fun. He does. Yeah. It's super playful. It's he's trying to be playful. Devin Sawab bondaged yeah. <laughs> and tied up. Yeah. He's not on that same page, but mm-hmm. Moose is really trying to be light. They reference Jigsaw in his first prank. Um, he comes back in with the Jason mask and a knife. Um, you're led to believe he's about to stab him to death, but it's a fake knife. It's not a knife. It's a fake knife. And then he proceeds to cover him with what we think is gasoline. And Dunbar is freaking out. Like you said, this is a misery um, type of scene. Um, it looks like it's all over for Dunbar. And everything that we've seen in this movie leads me to believe Travolta's completely snapped. Um, he's going to kill this guy. Yes and no. Um, I mean, you said it's a fake knife, but it's not. That's a real he, knife. Stabs he stabs him. him. Does he really? He's, He's got bleeding. blood on his shirt. And, like, that was really confusing. It was confusing. Oh, I was kind of on the fence, I, I was too. confused. Yeah. No, there was, like, it kind of looked like it was going to be one of those retractable knives. Like, yes. Then I'm it looked sad, like but it then, might have been a plastic knife. Yeah. But then he's bleeding. And it... it yeah. A later shot, he's a lot of blood. Yeah, out and there he's kind of touching it, and it's tender. Yeah. You think you could scream to get your son maybe to call the no, cops? That, or... that kid is well. He practices what me and you do. We go through our uh, friends' prescription cabinets, our father's prescription cabinets. Mm-hmm. We take the pills. That kid's on sleeping pills. And oh insomnia yeah, he's stuff. been drugged. If not, I mean later, that kid's been drugged and diddled. <laughs> he's been moose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good old fashioned moose. Yeah, moose is so taken aback when he's like, I would never hurt your kid, I just... but I would definitely diddle the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> no, the I would never hurt your kid. I call this chapter moose diddling around. Yeah. The I would never hurt your kid stuff is definitely what sets him over the edge because he's being playful. It's almost like a game, and he's going back and forth between completely psychotic. And crazed fan. Even when Moose is losing it at this point, you would at no point are like, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about this. <laughs> I'm worried about this Moose guy. I think he snapped. That never enters your mind. No, I thought it da- never does. Wait, this is great. So it never does. I agree. I and disagree. Going back to the piss poor narration, when he goes to get yeah. the ice cream break, this is when the, the Leah, the friend, the narrator, comes back in and says, Moose didn't just cross the line. He fucking nuked it. Honestly, I'd be scared too. Poor Moosey. What? What? That's all over the place. That is all over the place. <laughs> Am I, uh, he, you're, uh, Who's scared of that situation? What? Yeah. I, are you scared for him? Are Moose, you scared for yeah. Moose? Is Moose scared? Poor Devin Moosey? Sawa be scared? Poor Moosey? What? I thought Devin Sawa should be scared. He's tied up. He's in his own home. It's terrible it's narration. An intruder broke in. And yeah. Him to I'm 14 and I have really strange allegiances. His intruder threatened him with like three different forms of murder. Yeah. At least two. He comes back with the, uh, the fig the, jam yeah, the and then plan. starts... You know, blaming Dunbar on on bad parenting because he doesn't have ice cream for his kid. Yeah, your son's going to grow up to hate you, he says. And Dunbar... (laughs) you don't have ice cream. (laughs) Dunbar basically takes the opportunity to kind of turn and... 
I think he realizes the only way he's going to survive is if he somehow plays along. With the ice cream part, you get the feeling that even if he had ice cream, Moose would have pivoted into, you don't have strawberry ice cream, your kid's going to turn out to be a fucking... Oh, you have strawberry ice cream, but it's not made with real ice cream? Yeah. Your kid's going to turn out to be a fucking... You got this stupid, like, strawberry (laughs) popsicle. exactly what Moose wants. I met a bartender at an event you were supposed to be at, and he had all of that. Surprisingly, he had all of it. And his father loves him. (laughs) So Dunbar figures out a way to sort of begin playing along and painting the picture of a fantasy where they're going to get all the strawberry ice cream he wants and uh, we're going to get out of this. And he's trying to let the guy have a chance to let his guard down. One of my favorite parts of that is when he's painting that picture, he says, like, close your eyes. Like, we're... We're we're wearing nice clothes. We're going to a nice restaurant. Can it be this one? He's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Muso it's Franks. this one. Yeah, yeah. Muso, which is also Moose. Yeah, that's Muso. Uh, weird. Yeah, that's yeah. fun. He's like, it has to be that one. He's like, we'll watch action flicks and we'll put them on the HD TV. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> the fuck? There's... What TV doesn't have high definition in 2019? It's <laughs> LG OLED. It's <laughs> the best one around. Muso and Franks. Whatever you want, man. We'll go wherever you want. I'll call my manager. He'll get us a table wherever you want to go. And when it's all done, we'll get a big bowl of chocolate ice cream. Strawberry. Strawberry ice cream. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Strawberry ice cream moves, of course. Of course. And then and then we'll come back to my place and throw in a couple of, of my action films and watch them on the HD TV. <laughs> yeah. Does that sound good, man? I love you. No. I love you. You, me couple of action flicks and and some strawberry ice cream, right? We just got to take these ropes off first, you know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. After he's kind of seduced him and entranced him, Devin Sawa very quickly turns the tables and is like, I'm in this for me. I'm here to survive. And I call this chapter, Moose Gets Fucked Up. <laughs> yeah. What's crazy is like the whole movie you're waiting for Moose to snap. And then as this scene unravels, you're like, oh, no, Devin Sawa's character is the, the psycho because he's got the rifle or is it a shotgun? Shotgun. Mm-hmm. And he blows off the guy's fingers from one hand. He kicks him down the stairs and he's on a rampage that looks like you're no longer in self-defense mode and now mm-hmm. you're carrying yeah. out a killing. And to be fair, we've all been there. I mean, I've... <laughs> I've had situations where I'm tied up, I get loose, I grab the shotgun above my bed to to maim the guy, and then I open my bedside drawer and I have my hunting knife that I can yeah, cut that, myself with. the shotgun and the knife <laughs> were so close to him. Definitely 2020 Trump I guy. Mean, we, we say, yeah, yeah, they're close to him, but like... It's a good thing they were close to him. Yeah, yeah, everyone should have a bedside hunting knife. That incident just having everything he has there. Yeah, I need my guns. Shit like this happens. I'm so glad I got divorced and didn't listen to the wife who said we don't need this in the bedroom because we definitely need this in the bedroom. Oh, my God. If my son is sleeping over there, he still hasn't woken up because he's gotten into my prescription drugs. But I'm so glad I have a gun in the house to protect him with. I've used it. It's come in useful. It's saved my life and my son. Yeah. No, keep that thing loaded, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely... It's not like I need to get the shells. No. It's ready. No, yeah. it's ready. And he gets him. Um... Sleep with a loaded shotgun. <laughs> yeah. He shoots his hand. He kicks him down the stairs, gets him pinned down, shoots twice right next to his head. And then he uses the hunting knife. Yeah. 
in his eye. He stabs Moose's mm. eye, and I call this part of the movie the old fork in the eye. But instead, it's the old knife in the moose. It's a 12-inch hunting knife in his eyeball. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty graphic. Um, and Moose cries out in a way that then snaps Devin Sawa back into um, pitying this character. Mm. He sort of snaps out of the murderous is it pity, rampage. Or is it like, oh, shit. I realize what I've done in this scenario. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like a wait a minute. I went too far here. Yeah, no, and <laughs> he lets him go and uh, Moose now bloodied walking down the streets of Hollywood. Um like so much of the movie doesn't take long for him to run into somebody he knows because Leah driving by yeah, just happens to be right there and she's able to come over there and sort of help him limp off and mm-hmm. So he walked like Forever, without an just eye, bleeding. without fingers, this, just bleeding. This moron passed multiple hospitals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he went yeah. from Westwood to Hollywood in like yeah. five minutes. Yeah. Um, the the movie sort of it's all tied up, just like Sawa's character was, <laughs> um, in a, in a portion I like to call "sucks to be Sawa." Yeah, yeah. It because does. the cops show up to the house, and Julio wastes no time in the nod. That he gives the police. Who's Julio? He's the gardener <laughs> from earlier in the film. Who who went home early because it wasn't raining? It wasn't raining. <laughs> but Hunter Dunbar is the suspect in the murder for Dora. Because her body's shown again. And the cops take away Dunbar. And then the movie ends with a drawing of Moose as a pirate with wings. Because he lost his eye. And Leah is hanging on his back. And I yeah. presumably he doesn't go to jail. No. Yeah, the halfway through in the movie switched to having illustrations as transitions. <laughs> yeah, we didn't talk about scenes. those. That was also an interesting <laughs> component <laughs> that I didn't see coming. No. But I did enjoy it. Drawn by Fred Durst. I like it when I see it coming, because when I don't, that's messy. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get another Leah voiceover, and uh, we get one final scream from John Travolta, the I am not a stalker. Before the credits roll. We open the movie with a really obscure, strange quote from Hunter Dunbar when we didn't know who Hunter Dunbar was. (laughs) But we end the movie with a very clear, we've heard this character say this 12 times. I am not a stalker! The end. Hey, all you 5GFA fanatics. Introducing Hunter's Dunbars. After his run-in with a misunderstood stalker, the star of Space Vampires dedicated millions in a court-ordered settlement with his gardener to give back. And now he's introducing a candy bar guaranteed to make you stupider than a moose. Try it for fun or on a dare from the people who brought you Tide Pods, Hunter's Dumbbar. Let's jump into categories. Why don't we start with the best scene I saw? I'd like to start with a different category. Yeah. Why do you always have to start with that one? That's... Look, look, look. Let's just start with the best scene I saw. I don't want to. Me and Pollard have put our foot down two to one. No, I'm convinced. I Let's have Brandon Angel. Yeah, I've also turned. I'm in. Let's do the best scene I've <laughs> you saw. You know what? I changed my mind. <laughs> Let's start with SOS. <laughs> Uh, Kyle, what was the best scene you saw? It's going to be tough to choose, but pick one. Uh, the best scene I Devin Sawad was... Uh, 
<laughs> That's it. That's all I wrote. From the actor in the movie. That's it. Uh, let's move on. Pollard, best scene you saw. Um, in a movie with so many good scenes that I saw, Wad, <laughs> I, I just love the first party. It's so cringy, and it's so entertaining, and I have so many questions about yeah. him, and I have so many concerns about him. I have so many concerns about the people who are around him, um, and I feel like in that scene, you just kind of get it all in one little package. Best scene I saw was him prepping for the British No, cop. no. Try again. The best scene I saw was... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, that was the one I was going to say. I forgot. Him prepping for the constable. Yeah. The that's the best. I scratched mine. <laughs> you know, scratch mine. That's yes. the best scene I saw. Yes. You know, it was already so ridiculously enjoyable to that point mm -hmm. and absurd and a lot of what the fuck was that that just happened moments. And then that one just amped it up. Yeah. What is he doing? Why is he. Why, okay. I. There's a. There's a realm of possibility that he becomes a street performer. Like I get, why would he choose that role? Wine. He's not good at it. No, he's so bad. I feel like someone gave him that outfit for like a Christmas yeah. gift. Yeah, and he just had to make it work. There's no reason that he should keep doing that. No, like someone on the street is telling him, like, "Hey, dude, like, get another act." Yeah. My other best scene I saw was the scooter fall. <laughs> you got multiple. Yeah. This is scooter fall. It's not really a scene. It's a no, moment. It's yeah. a great moment. That was the best moment. Yeah. Um, everyone went? Everyone? All Brandon, three of Joel? us? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move on to how do you do that? How do you do what you do to me? I'm feeling blue. Wish I knew how you do it to me. But I haven't a clue. Kyle, how do you do that? Uh, how did Moose have such a tight yet terrible haircut? Um, yeah, that's that was, mm. Did he cut his own hair? Yeah, it's did too he, precise to be cut no, he, by him. He cut, no, he cut his own hair. That's I'm a, very torn on that's it. That's a precise. No, the, the specific. Okay, so the bangs are alarming, but well, no, they're that's the least alarming part. So it's a bowl cut meets yeah, a mini a mullet. It's it's, it's a, a half mullet. bowl, half mini mullet. But it's a tight. Shaved mullet. Yeah, yes. no, the, the, yes. I have a problem with over the years. The over the years <laughs> portion of the haircut over the ears is uh, over the years. is is easily the, the the worst part of the haircut. Yeah, the bangs are bad, um, and at first take you're like you need to get a different haircut. But then when you see the sides, it's like I'm concerned about you. Someone needs to take care of you better. Yeah, I don't know. I'm torn. I don't know how it happened. Pollard, how do you do that? Uh, mine is uh, Moose falling on the moped related. How did Moose only fall once on the moped in <laughs> yeah. the movie? Um, I'm impressed that he only fell once on film. And uh, my question is, how did he not fall a separate time? That's valid, yeah. I mean, because we know he fell. Yeah. I get the idea that he fell so much that we couldn't really spend that much time with it. Or else we'd be bogged down in all of the moped falls. That's a good call. <laughs> That's true. We need, need to put one in there to make it believable. This Just guy definitely. Know, like, yes, he falls. A also, lot. how I, did I, I know you're upset that we haven't seen it because <laughs> it's definitely happening. But if we went it's to it shown. every time it happened, yeah. that'd be just yeah, gratuitous. Also, I have to say, no more falls, no more falls. Specifically about the fall that we do get to see, how does that actually go down? Like, what happens to the moped? How did that – like, something breaks, but he's able uh, to steer in a direction that he can pull over. 
And then he hits a curb. Yeah, it's the classic close-up of the pipe, and it's just like... <laughs> My, how do you do that? How did Moose live alone? Yes. <laughs> That's got to be addressed. And yeah, if mine is, how do he cut his hair? Yeah. How do you have that apartment? Yeah. How did he do anything? How did he pay for it? How did he get groceries? All of the, the just the normal things that I think we take for granted when you see Moose. The other one is, how did they not investigate Dora's disappearance mm. earlier? I think it was because Julio, she didn't come home to Julio. Mm. Well, why? And we know he that was they're out. together. No, but I assume. Do we think uh, Sawa saw the corpse? Did uh, he sawa the corpse? No. Exactly. Did no. you think Sawa, he did? You think he's like, I had her alive. Sawa didn't even <laughs> notice. Sawa didn't even notice that Moose had rummaged through his entire house. That guy's. I, I'm assuming he thought it was Dora stealing shit. Uh, let's move on to That Had to Hurt. Pollard, what do you got? Uh, when Dunbar is turned down by Dora, I just feel like he's he's going through it afterwards and regretting his um, decision to hit on her and make a pass at her again. Um, that had to hurt for him when she turned him down and said, "We don't, we shouldn't do this anymore." Yeah, he's an A-list celeb, and she's just like, "Nah." To piggyback off of to piggyback off of Pollard's, uh, being Dora had to hurt. She's met yeah. by Moose in the lawn. She's terrified. When she voices these concerns to her boss, she's laughed off and ultimately sexually assaulted for the umpteenth time, as noted by Sawa, later calling his agent saying, I kissed the maid again. Classic McSullivan. <laughs> yeah. Later, she's murdered by Moose and her corpse is left to rot for an undetermined amount of time while no one notices her absence. Yeah. That had to hurt. That had to hurt. <laughs> yeah, not Julio for a whole day. Devin Sawa doesn't notice it. Not his son Makes doesn't notice it. The ex-wife doesn't notice How it. How many days do I think it was seventy-two hours? If I really that had to right, think about it, he had it. to go home. He had to have Leah come over and be like, "You posted this on social media." Yeah. He hits. He, he said, "I'm blocking you on social media." He, he drives in the one. car. Like Sawa stops him in the car. Right. Right. Like That's days a separate day. Yeah. Like it's at least two days. And she's just dead. Yeah, in Flies, the garden. eating her. Yeah, like like twenty five feet from his kitchen bay window. Yeah. During that time, during between Dora's death, going and back then, to the opening, it kind of does talk to the haves and have nots a little bit. Yeah, right. I really <laughs> nailed it. Yeah. Um, let's move on to who organizes the reunion. It's so nice. I think the uh, the comic book bookstore guy organizes the reunion <laughs> when he hosts the Q and A. Worst reunion ever. The, you know, an, an evening with Moose and Sawa. Oh wow! <laughs> and it's uh, to discuss the book that they've both written about this whole experience. I feel like they have other stuff to talk about first. <laughs> no. No, they wrote it independently, and they're meeting to discuss the finished. Wow, poem I would, I honestly would like to read Moose's version more. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, if you read Sound and the Fury, it's like that <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah it's that, hard to hard that to makes understand. Sense. A lot of stream of consciousness. Um, let's move on to the Clutch Award. Baby, you are so money, and you don't even know it. Pollard, who wins the Clutch Award? Um, Julio, this guy, um, he somehow. Managed to create a testimony that is Sawa killed Dora. And I think it's because he must have known that they have been sleeping together. 
and he might know that she's recently turned him down, and so that story plays a part. But all of this is clutch for Moose because he's there to incriminate Sawa yeah. and, and essentially let Moose go free. Snitches get stitches, dude. Yeah, no, in this in this case, snitches led away mooses, dude. <laughs> I also have Julio, just for using the rain excuse and getting away with it. Yeah, yeah. it's creative. That's uh, I think he'll do well in prison if Julio ends up going to prison, because he's a shyster. He's what what took people. me out of the movie is these this police force taking this. Mexican gardener's word that this A-list yeah. celebrity just murdered someone. Come on. <laughs> it's insane. Well, Are you kidding me? He's clutch, <laughs> too, because of the guts he has to come up with that. Like, everybody has, like, the short list of excuses that you have for your boss. Like, if you had to leave or if you needed to go home or not show up at work, you have the, like, my car didn't start this morning. Mm, my dog ate my or, homework. Yeah, my dog ate... Like, you have your version of my dog ate my homework. This guy... I punched a hole in the wall, and I had to patch it up. <laughs> he's got the gall to claim that it's raining when it's not. Yeah. Face-to-face with his employer. He stares his boss in the eye and tells him it's he's raining just, when it's not. Yeah, he's just like, you got to be confident. And if you just say it straight yeah. up, and if you, just, if you believe it's true, then it's true. And he goes yeah. in with, well, it's raining. Can I go home? And... I gotta give it to the guy. I want to imagine Julio being in his car if he has a car afterwards, <laughs> <laughs> and being like, "I should have asked for a raise." Yeah, <laughs> like, he could have gotten yeah. yes on anything there, and he chose to go home early. Yeah, it feels it feels very twenty twenty. Yeah, where it's like Sawa knows it's not raining, but if he said it's not raining. Now maybe yeah. he's in a lawsuit, right. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, I, I just need to satiate this guy. Yeah. Let's uh, let's just yep, go home. It's definitely raining, buddy. Yep. Like, uh, feels like it's see raining to me. <laughs> Kyle, clutch word. So I don't have a great memory, um, but one of my friends does. His name's Aaron. Yeah. And out of nowhere, he pulled this movie, The Fanatic, wow. out of his ass. And said, we should do that shitty John Travolta movie Another you like. Another clutch award for Aaron. I'm giving Aaron his second clutch award. That's great. You've now, <laughs> you're collecting clutches on clutches. You're breaking ground <laughs> with, the, with the winning How of awards. How does it feel? You know, all those flickies I won during the flickies? A lot. They don't mean anything compared to the clutch <laughs> awards I've been piling up recently. The clutch awards are where it's at. It's arguably the most rewarding award you can win. And uh, for that, I accept, obviously, and thank you. I never won a clutch award. And you never will. You always give your clutch awards to Aaron. You wanted us will. to do Juana Man, which also would have been fun. but You kept calling it Juana Man with a Ju- U. And Ju- it's Juana Man with an Well, let's move on. Is that to- the last one? Yeah. Oh, okay. You did Julio. I did Julio. Oh, yeah. Okay. Julio all, Jones. We we double teamed Julio. Yeah, we did. <laughs> right in the garden, baby. TTJ. <laughs> right on the top of the begonias, boy. <laughs> this chapter's called Begonias, boy. Yeah, I don't care if it's raining, Julio. <laughs> Begonia. <laughs> I was doing that earlier today. For I couldn't, like... No reason. I was just like, why do I? Why am I thinking of Matthew Lillard? <laughs> Let's move on to quotes. You're gonna help me make some fucking cash, bitch. <laughs> I wish Freddy Krueger would come and chop off your head, and it would roll in the street, 
when a drunk would squish it, and the blood would splatter everywhere, and everyone would watch it. Um, my quotes: "Estamos in Hollywood." <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. That's really good. It was unnecessary. What does that mean? It sounds romantic. We're in Hollywood. <laughs> oh. <laughs> quotes. Uh, first line of the movie. I can't talk too long. I got to poo. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a bold, it's a bold opening line. Oh, a lot of movies have really good openers that really pull you in, and this one is no exception. I was drawn in immediately. The first thing, like... <laughs> Just imagine that in script form. <laughs> yeah. Interior, comic book store. <laughs> I got a poo. Those are the first. No, I can't talk long. I got a poo. Sorry. Not, not sorry. I got a poo. It's, no, sorry. I can't keep talking to you because I might shit myself. <laughs> yeah. That's our introduction to the movie. That's what we're going to go with. An Let's opening, do it. An opening line should either be intriguing or unremarkable. Well, we yes. had already gotten through the voiceover, so technically there was another opening line. Yeah. 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 Okay. There was a quote from a fake movie. There was a quote. We saw voiceover. Seven production and companies that all paid for this. <laughs> um, Pollard's quote. Um, I don't know if this counts or not, but it doesn't. Let's this move is on. this is my segment of the podcast, so I get to say what I want. Pollard's quotable quotes. The uh, the Limp Bizkit song Quote. for for me that's the <laughs> the most quotable quotient of all quotes is just the fact that fred durst slipped that in there yeah and it wasn't even Power slipping move. in there it was he it was, was slapping you over the face oh with it. my yeah. gosh it was just so self-serving um it was incredible it's, um that's it for quotes huh that's quick yeah. this is moving quickly <laughs> this is great this is delightful it's only three of us let's move on to what, what takes me out of the moose <laughs> <laughs> what takes me out of the moose? Dora's dead. Uh, Pollard, what do you got for uh, the thing? What takes you out of the movie? I mean, what doesn't take me out of this movie? John Travolta takes me out of the movie. John Travolta's appearance in the movie takes me out of the movie. The choices don't, that they make with the character. Don't say the narration because that really didn't take. Narration me out. took me right <laughs> no! out of the movie. The quote it was so well placed. Was it was it the transitional drawings that looked like a the little five year old? Transitional drawings were insane. <laughs> if there's any perfect example of something that would take me out of a movie, it's those damn drawings. What are they there for? And they're not introduced until at least halfway through the film. Yeah, like forty five minutes in, you see the second one, and then you see them every fifteen minutes. The for fact some that reason. this guy Moose has so many friends that are just really horrible to him in, in different ways. Um, the situation that he gets himself into, like, the entire movie takes me out of this movie. What else do you want from me? It was a bad movie. I want you to turn <laughs> that frown upside down. It was just yeah. bad. It was like, I didn't know if I should laugh at it. I didn't know if I should just sit so, there and feel cringy. To be, to be completely honest, one of the scenes that really drew me into the movie... <laughs> Was the constable scene (laughs) when he's putting on the mustache? Did that also take you out? Honestly, you don't say it did. That that will have to remain the exclusive exception to the rule. Exception to taking me out of the movie. That takes me in. Okay, good, good. I'm glad I found it. But only it only it it takes me in because I was being pulled in the whole time. It only takes me in because of so how how so often I was being taken out. (laughs) 
<laughs> Some people seek adrenaline, you know, you look for that <laughs> adrenaline rush. I'm going to spend the rest of my life searching for an experience like when I was processing the constables. Yeah, no, it's such a crazy... Like, that feeling, that whole gamut of emotion. Like, I've never had that before. No, no, no. It, it is a journey as a viewer unlike any other. Like, no movie could ever take you to that place like when you're watching that scene unfold like the way that the movie puts you into a place by the time you get there and then watching that develop is 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 so unique it's you're right there's you'll be chasing them for the rest of your life man and how why where how did he record that audio that he's listening back to yeah, on a Walkman, most the likely. Broken, the broken English. Poppycock. <laughs> Poppycock. In a coin. Uh, oh, like, God. if you're that bad, you don't need to practice. Just embrace that you're doing a batting. No, 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 yeah. And that's your job. Like, you shouldn't have to warm up that way before each show. Like, this is something you do. And then when you put on the outfit, you turn on the accent and you go out there. But, like... He's so bad, he needs to prep each time like it's his first day on the job. He's so fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But really, no, but really, back to the journey as a viewer, like, when you're watching it happen and you're just, what is this? And then the mustache comes out, it takes you off the rails. Mm -hmm. Even if you're led to believe, like, earlier on in the scene, like, oh, he's going to do the street performing thing, okay, I'm going to... Like, why do you have the mustache? Like, okay, so, again, Fred Durst just mad-libbing it, fine. Yeah. But just make him, like, an extra. Like, yeah. he's an extra in a movie. That's his thing, is, right. like, he just stands in the background yeah, that's in a great. costume, you know? Extra in the movie would be great. Because he could, like, get his way onto yeah, sets. Yeah, he's and obsessed he... with it. Oh, it makes way more sense you than written him the movie. having to do a fucking... Stupid dumbass accent and looking like a yeah. The he's R gotta word. be. He's gotta be go. He's gotta go for like three right. hours. You're not, you're not wrong. He's gotta go for three hours to make five dollars. That would be my estimation for yeah. that guy's take home. And he lives 15 minutes from James Franco in a brick wall penthouse yep. with a projector. He's making like a dollar yeah. seventy five an hour. <laughs> and he's he's in the movie. We see him make eight dollars and commit three hundred. Yeah, so he's in the hole. Yeah, he's very irresponsible. He's super irresponsible with his money. He, Gas money, no issue. We know that he has a smartphone. I don't even think he's able to be able to pay for that. Yeah, yeah, no, he, has, he has a phone. To get the smartphone alone, service like that's throw a lot. like let's make sure like okay, fr- rent's free. Yeah, we can assume food is taken care of. <laughs> And like all you gotta it do is pay. That's a lot of questions. <laughs> all you gotta do is is pay your phone bill and and get a haircut. Yeah. Once a month. Which yeah. And he's probably on loan with the hair stylist. Now I'll begin my advertisement. Are you a man, woman, or child who's had their fingers blown off by a shotgun? Well, if you are. I bet wearing gloves has become a bit of a nuisance. Well, if that's right, then you need to check out Moose's Knuckle Gloves. No more deciding if you want to have the finger slaves just blowing in the braise or trying to tie them in a knot. 
with Macy's knuckle gloves, you'll get a firm and tight fitting wrap on your teeny tiny nub. Macy's knuckle gloves, they're not originally from England. My what takes me out of the movie. So when he's pouring, when Moose is pouring gasoline on Devin Sawa. <laughs> that happened. He's pouring, John Travolta is pouring gasoline on Devin Sawa. And he references the Reservoir Dogs scene where he's pouring the gasoline on him. Yeah. And he, he says, Mr. Blonde. Yes. He starts singing the song from the scene. And so if in this universe where this movie is taking place in. Right. Reservoir Dogs exist because That's he's true. referencing the scene. That means Quentin Tarantino exists. Yeah. That means right. Holy that means shit. John Travolta play is in oh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. That means there's a hole in the universe. Yeah, no, John Travolta's in two places. That means at once. John Travolta's an actor in Pulp Fiction. Right. And he's also playing Moose. Yep. Wait. In the same universe. So that means that means that in Moose this world... Moose is John Travolta. He's not acting as Moose. Yeah. He's John Travolta being John Travolta, who is just Moose. Yeah. Disguised no. as a Moose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on to McMulligans. Uh, my McMulligan is uh, Hunter Dunbar. Terrible name. Terrible A-list name. Hungbar, and that would have been interesting. I like Hunter. I don't like Dunbar. Sounds like an underwhelming... Dunbar is dumb. White yeah. tight end two on a team, right? It's uh, So I looked like, it up. Yeah. No, yeah. Like they he... got the stud tight end, and then their second tight end is Hunter Dunbar. Yeah. yeah. Goal line packages. Yeah. You know, he, he's just tall. Good at blocking. He just yeah. parties. Yeah. He's definitely on steroids. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Fundamentally sound. He's got one of those neck guard (laughs) tight end like additions to the shoulder pads, like styrofoam. Just to let everyone know that he's crazy. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like I've gone so hard, my neck's fucked, but I'm still out here. (laughs) Dunbar Um, with the post route. mm -hmm. Uh. There's no famous actors that are named Hunter. Yeah, you're not type A. It's not a name. It's a profession. You're you're not a. It's what you do, not who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And then on top of that, like Guy you Fieri's said, kid was he on the list? Gun Dunbar, Dunbar, Dunbar. Yeah. It's like Hunter's not even my issue. It's Dunbar, but when yeah, I really Dunbar's broke it down, issue. it was yeah. like Hunter doesn't work either. No, it's a terrible, terrible cowboy name. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's a really bad name. Okay. They should have just had Devin Sawa play himself. That would have been nice. They're already referencing real movies. Or going back to what Aaron touched on, his name's Marshall Mathers. I like it. It's not so bad. Dear Slim. I wrote you, but you still ain't calling. I left my cell, my pager, and my home phone at the bottom. You know that Phil Collins song? In the air of the night about that other guy who killed that one guy? That's like me and you, Slim. We could have been together. Me and you were meant to be together. That's the shit that make me not want us to meet each other. Let's move on to 
I'm going 90 hours of drowsy. <laughs> Hear that? I got it tied up in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, how am I supposed to send this shit out? <laughs> I listen to that song every like four years and I'm like, wow, that's fucking incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it still holds up. It's incredible. Damn it, it's like a whole like. There we go. My my McMulligan is Dido should have put an L in the middle of her name. <laughs> that would have been fun. Dido, yeah, sort of. My I'll play with it. My McMulligan is Eminem should have changed it. I mean, it just his name is is a bad choice. It's, Although it's the name of a candy. <laughs> It's just not very gangster-like. If he opened up a barbecue restaurant called Marshall Slathers, I just did ribs. <laughs> we're not talking dry rub. We're talking that's an ad. Vinegar-based sauce. <laughs> Your Carolina barbecue, yeah, you know, with the cheap paper plates. Yeah, you yeah. know, like just they give you the fork and knife, and you're like, why? They're so cool. They're like, we close when we run out of meat. And Guy Fieri can't believe that that's a thing, even though he goes to all these places. <laughs> he's heard that shit a bunch. Plus, whatever personal experience he's had in restaurants. Yeah. Yeah, can we talk for a second about how stupid Guy Fieri is? Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> Don't you dare. No, he plays it off like this is fucking the best thing ever. You know 90% of what that guy eats. He's like, this is very average yeah. which means when the, he does mention like ooh, i don't know yeah like, that means you that fucking means, hate it <laughs> that was that was a really bad bite when Pappas's no, no, bad bite yeah. have you guys seen hot ones yes like so guy fieri has a hot ones mm. and you get to like meet him for real and it's just such a revealing like you're not a likable guy wow for 35 yeah. minutes Interesting. You, like especially when he's asked questions about sort of like internet culture and like memeing him and stuff and like his response to it is you know it's just he's just not like like the takeaway is like wow i wish i didn't see this interview with you like that sucks you should just exist in triple d i've got a question for you guys so in this movie they're obsessed with celebrity they're obsessed with you know um pop culture i guess it's kind of like a duality thing yeah it is, but we are we have our own obsessions. You know, mm-hmm. we like Bruce Willis, we like Three Eleven, we like Guy Fieri. So, hypothetically, if you could have a meet and eat with Guy Fieri, where you sit down and have a meal with him, how much would you pay? Describe the the food situation. Like, am I? It's wherever him? you want. You're telling Guy Fieri, meet me here, California burrito. Yeah, you could go there. CB with that Guy Fieri. Great. How yeah. much are you paying? To and he's gonna eat it with you. You order for him. You say this is what you're eating. Realistically, I'd pay. I'd go to two hundred dollars. Mm. Yeah, I'd go higher. I'd go a little higher. I might go higher if that situation was broached. But thinking about it logically, like that'd probably be where I'd cut off. If it was like, hey, $250, you can have lunch with Guy Fieri, I'd probably say I was thinking $350. I was under. I said $311. That's a great number. Plus, for me, me, the asterisk is like, I'm going to spend the $350 to get the meal with him, but I'm also having the objective to like befriend this guy and potentially get him to go on another 
meet and greet you meet you have that kind of eating game? meet where we're gonna hang out and become best buds and hopefully you can do a little leg work for us and get him to do one of these uh I'm here in Orange, California with the five guys flicking around. They've got the best podcast this side of the Mississippi. Yeah. Let's go on in. And that, that, is, and a, shows that him, is a killer category it section. It shows him in his, in his car, but instead of driving away, he just turns on the, like, <laughs> the speaker. Yeah. And it's the podcast <laughs> yeah. playing on it. Yeah. For that, I'd go $500. And if I could pick the meal... I would just go to a really fancy place where it's like this probably was five hundred dollars alone. Yeah, so right. really not California yeah, burritos. Be, be an interesting <laughs> component. Like, do you take him to a place you love, or do you want to go someplace that he'd have some? I don't need his there. approval. I just want a really good yeah. meal. So I'd go somewhere very fancy. Yeah, I don't. I think having him critique a place you love wouldn't be enjoyable. No. So, but he doesn't critique. No, he'd he'd say he loves it. Yeah. To pacify you. <laughs> yeah. Um. What the fuck are we on? <laughs> Sending out an Oh, SOS. we haven't even started. Sending, Sending out an SOS. Spinoff, origin, or sequel? I got a sequel. Um, I got to see this sequel. Yeah, it's uh, Welcome to Mooseport, part two. <laughs> Is that real? No. Oh shit. It's, oh, he should've it's uh claimed it. It's um <laughs> so the Star Map app is uh is upgraded to have a live feed of where stars are currently based on some algorithm tracking system that is not legally invading privacy but finds some loophole. And uh Leah hasn't learned her lesson and shows Moose how to update his app, which begins another crazed journey of his on a different celebrity. Same movie, different celebrity. Uh, Leah's tech. still enabling him a little bit. Yeah, oh yeah, she did. <laughs> she hasn't figured it out. Um, my SOS, I'd be cool with anything. Um, <laughs> like literally, I'd be cool with the sequel. I'd be cool with the spinoff. I agree with an origin. Kyle, SOS. Uh, this movie was written by Fred Durst. I don't know if we've talked about him yet. Um, From Blink-182? No, the other one. Some 41. Yep. Uh, <laughs> story by Fred Durst. Produced by Fred Durst. So you know everything in this script was thought of and bore from his brain. I'm sure Fred Durst has a treatment for this idea. I'd like to see the movie in the movie Space Vampires. If Brandon were here, I'm yeah. sure he could recite a laundry list of movies that have explored vampiric space lore, but I'm not <laughs> familiar with them, and I would love to see Limp Bizkit's vision. That's great. That's beautiful. Uh, let's almost wrap things up with genre swap. All right, I'll tell you what you do. Pull the old switcheroo! I would like to see this as an, like a 12-episode series. I think yeah. That would be... You could draw some of the storylines. We could see more of the courtroom. I think there would the be there would be great stuff. cliffhangers you'd at the, the end of each episode. You'd have the like middle of the season episode where it's like a full flashback episode. Yeah, of like his origin. I like uh, it. Stuff like that. No, I like it a lot. And there'd be situations at the end of the episode in which he's getting in that you don't know which way it's going to go. Is it right. going to be a violent escapade, or is this going to be a freak out that doesn't end mm -hmm. with much? But there's cliffhangers, like you know. You have a scene where where Julio claims that it's raining, and then it just cuts to black, and 
you're like, wait, I didn't think it was raining. Is it raining? Like the next episode, hopefully we'll reveal if it is or not raining because that's integral to the plot. <laughs> and if this is an HBO series, the series, the season climax is in the penultimate episode. Mm-hmm. And the final episode is all falling action. If it's a Netflix one, climax is at the beginning of the final episode. And the rest of the final episode... I like- is all falling action recap. I like the That's HBO the angle because yeah. season one is 10 episodes and season two is only two. And that's yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> you keep them waiting a full year and a half right. for season two. And then it's only the, yeah. the, here's the recap episode and here's how it ends. Well, yeah. if it's like the movie at all, it probably is begins on ABC. Then it gets picked up by some like independent <laughs> production house for season two. Then yeah. Netflix pulls on it for season three. Mm-hmm. Then it goes back to like Limp Bizkit's production house for season four. It's uh, it's hopping around yeah. with different Finally, styles. Finally, it's just like a web series that's really hard to find. <laughs> it's YouTube Where's TV. Where's IFC? I don't get that mm-hmm. channel. <laughs> I also get the idea the way Aaron's been talking about his affinity for this film that after those 12 episodes, he's like, I wish I would have said 72 episodes. Well, yeah, I'm hoping season one goes well. I wish we could have got... I only asked for, like, one season, but I should have gone for six. We ride that wave of momentum straight into syndication. Yep. Yeah. By the end, Moose is just a nub. Yeah. <laughs> he's so deformed and fucked up. His haircut keeps getting weirder. It doesn't end well. You're left regretting... A lot yeah, of the story. The finale of the entire series just answers the question, does he cut his own hair? That's how it is. He's like, sitting in a chair. He's sitting in the chair. You see the mirror, and he's sitting with the thing like around his neck, like waiting and to be cut. And him. then you see his hand go off screen and come out to cut it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, is that someone else's hand? Or was that him cutting his own? But it, <laughs> and you it, still don't know. No, no, it closes in on like one of the fingers is missing. <laughs> which then we realize is his hand. Yes. Yeah, but that takes weeks to figure out. The, the internet together like has to find that the little... Three-fingered barber. <laughs> um, Kyle, genre swap. Um... Earlier, we were talking about, oh, not earlier, like five minutes ago, we were talking about decapitation, and it had me thinking, what if we did the Headless Moose Man, where (laughs) (laughs) it's like Sleepy Hollow, but it's moose, and he doesn't have a head, but he sort of does, Yeah, and he's just deformed, chasing celebrities on a horse. pretend crying about his missing head. Yeah, let's place him in. Let's place him in London. Too. With Jack the Ripper. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, Jack the Ripper cuts it off. Hey, London Bridge is over there. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, he's holding his head, so you still have to listen to him, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But it's not on his head, so that's I funny. I don't know what that is. I want a milkshake. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Now we're going to turn our attentions to ex-local fanboy Michael Hillary for Magic Mike's main minute. Hey, Michael, you're on with the five guys flicking around crew. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I, I saw a video of you watching One Tree Hill, man. I guess things have really changed in your life. It's pretty great. And also, The Fanatic's pretty great. What would you think about that, nice Mike? Nice transition. <laughs> the Fanatic, yeah. It was, it was tough, man. It reminded me of that time, Kyle, when you were in Seattle, and we went to the Moon Temple, 
and it was like my favorite dive bar and shit. And we go there, and you go up to the bartender. And so, and for your reference, it's a bar that's attached to a Chinese restaurant, and it's just like a fucking dirt cheap bar. And it's like whiskey splash of coke is a whiskey coke type of thing, and it's like four bucks. So we go in there, and there's like a group of like eight of us. And Kyle goes up to the bartender. He's like, "Hey, I want a pina colada." And it's very clear they don't have anything to fucking make a pina colada with. And the guy's like, no. And then he's like, okay, fine, I'm, I'm all set. He didn't order anything. And, and it was the exact same thing that fucking JT did when he tried to order a strawberry milkshake. And he was like, do you know where you are with real ice cream? Go fuck yourself, man. What else do I want to say? Oh, um, yeah, the, his friend, fucking Leah, why does she care about JT? Oh, the, uh, the other thing, uh, I wrote for the uh, the the cleaning or the housekeeper. Dora? Who was, yeah, who was murdered. Yeah, I, I had uh, Dora I'd like to explore ya. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. She, she was good looking. Questions like, why do people think Moose is a good guy? Absolutely no evidence to attach Hunter to the murder of Dora I'd like to explore ya. Because... Her blood wouldn't have been in the house. They would have, like, you know, CSI forensics, the forensic team would have gone in there and been like, oh, shit, this is not Dora's blood. This is some other dude's blood. And there's all these fingers here. Like, what the fuck? Like, instead they close it up like, oh, well, yeah, clearly you murdered this lady because she was in your backyard. And also, she hasn't been in the backyard for, like, days. And nobody saw her. Like, he didn't just go out into the backyard and see that, like, oh, shit, there's dead, my dead housekeeper's there. Like, it was so stupid. Jesus, man. Like, what the fuck? Let's move on to Blu-ray price. How much would you pay for this movie? You know the rest of it. Pollard, Blu-ray. Um, this is by far the lowest I've ever gone and ever will go on the podcast. And I'm paying 50 cents to make sure that I can see this again so I could show it to someone. But I do not want to watch this in its entirety ever again. I feel like you're cheating. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I'd love to pay 50 cents for it, but it's like, how much would you pay if the only way you could watch it? You're like, you're hedging your bets. You're like, yeah, yeah I'd pay 50 cents, but I'd show it to your everyone. That doesn't capture count. the spirit of the category. Am I allowed to recommend the movie without having it like yeah, in my possession? People. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. that case, I want 50 cents to have it on my shelf at home, but okay. I'm still telling a lot of people to see it. <laughs> I'm still confused, but we we price shame you more than Jana, so we should just we should just let it be. Okay, twenty nine ninety nine. Look, when, <laughs> yeah, when you when you say a high number, I'm upset because it's too high, and when you say a low number, I'm upset because it's too low. Hey, what do you want from me? Nine ninety nine, thirty five ninety nine. I'll tell you what you want to hear. Uh, Kyle, Blu-ray price. I'm going higher than a lot of movies I've done before. I'm going forty nine ninety nine. Whoa! Not God. not comfortable with a fifty dollar bill, but I will go forty nine ninety nine. Um, super rewatchable. As soon as it finished, I could have been like, "Let's start it over." <laughs> <laughs> and that is a forty nine ninety nine movie in my book. I want to show Mike. I want to show Dan, yeah. Jana, Spencer, yep. Devin, Brandon. Anyone who wants to sit down and watch a bad movie and understand how to view those movies, yes. I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah. Welcome to Moose Port. <laughs> <laughs> 
I also had forty nine ninety nine. Yes! <laughs> I'm so excited to have more quotes of this movie at my disposal and know more of the lines. <laughs> have them memorized. I look forward to watching this movie for the rest of my life, trying to recapture the feeling I had a few hours ago. Yeah, diminishing returns, but still yeah. very, very high ROI. I'm so excited about this. You know, there's things that you missed on the first watch. 100%. That you're going to enjoy the next time. Let's wrap it up. Like Moose didn't do Let, when he. Yeah, I was going to say McSullivan wouldn't wrap it up. And that's what we're going into. You are going into that, Kyle. movie work as a McSullivan vehicle Pollard <laughs> yeah no I uh yeah no means yes so it yeah does no work. is a yes um I have a take on McSullivan in this movie low on funds he takes a job as a street performer and befriends Todd the God and helps him pickpocket tourists for cocaine cash he inevitably meets Moose and while investigating the case begins to put together Moose's involvement Instead of turning him in, he teams up with Moose because he realizes that he can take advantage of this guy to reach a bigger score. Better to steal from celebrities than pickpocket tourists. So they target an actress who Mac also has the hots for, Demi Moore. Yes. They break into her house and Moose carries out his fantasy while Mac robs the place and is ready to leave, but not without performing a moosing on Demi. Well, they have her tied up. You, you could uh, you could fill in the gaps there with what you feel a moose thing uh-huh, is. Fill in the gaps. I just want you to, I want I want your creativity to to uh, just go away with that one. Okay, it's dark. The cops, <laughs> the cops show really up. Dark. The cops show up, and Mac is caught red-handed downstairs. They clean yeah, up. He is. Sure, she's she not was, caught brown-handed. She was on her period, wasn't she? Oh God. <laughs> She Jesus. was caught red-handed downstairs. You you lobbed it up. Yeah. <laughs> he was caught red-handed downstairs. The good news was she wasn't pregnant. <laughs> they clean up the entire crime scene while Moose hides in the closet, and Mac is convicted of breaking and entering and moosing. <laughs> B and E and Moo. It's <laughs> it's called Fanatical Mac the Moosing Part Two. <laughs> That I love. Incredible. I love the just we're going part two right off the bat. <laughs> well, because everyone's part two like, did w- did I miss part one? It's like no, there was no. no part one. Well, part one you could say was this movie. I think this does work as a mix. What? Vehicle. No way. So my angle is Mac plays the comic book bookstore guy, operator okay. proprietor. <laughs> operator and, proprietor. It's <laughs> a great title. And this front is, it's sort of like the pawn shop in Pulp Fiction. Mm. So it's a, it's a sketchy thing, and it's more of a front than anything. Ving Rhames also got caught red-handed downstairs. <laughs> did, and he had some gaps filled in. <laughs> so, Kyle, that's Sullivan. Well, I'm just, yeah, I, I, it works. It's, it's a Mac movie, baby. And, uh... It's called Meta Sullivan. Uh, it stars Bruce Willis as Bruce Willis. 
We see oh. Bruce Willis in his house with his numerous McSullivan movie posters strewn about and his copious AVN awards. So we see him reading the script for McSullivan 19, where the actions he takes in the movie start mimicking the words on the page. Mm. Bruce Willis, as is tradition, does a line of coke to get into character off a 12-inch Subway egg salad sandwich. And he opens mm. the script to read that McSullivan, the character in the movie, is doing a line of coke off a 12-inch egg salad sandwich. He keeps reading and discovers there is an intruder in the house who is using Mac's toothbrush for the first time in years and is watching his homemade <laughs> sex tapes on his camcorder. It culminates in a very tense scene where the action in the house is being mimicked by the actions on the McSullivan script and Mac turns to the final page where we see a dot 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 to be continued. Mm. Moose leaps out from behind the couch with the Halloween mask on, and Bruce Willis shoots him in the face, instantly killing Moose. (laughs) That'll do it for this episode of Five Guys Flicking Around. Yes. Honestly, if you're still listening right now, it means (laughs) you really like the podcast for the podcast. You probably already know where to find us. So, you're you're our core group of people that we cater this <laughs> podcast to. A little, Thank you, you guys especially. A little behind-the-scenes look here. We're sitting at three hours and 27 minutes of recorded audio. Jeez. We really like this movie. Some of us more than others. <laughs> That's over twice the length of the film itself. <laughs> yeah, you could have watched The Fanatic twice and had half an hour on your hands to clean your house. I mean, I hope that we edit this down to at least three hours. <laughs> I'm not a stalker. Look what I have created. I have made fire. I have made fire. I think this is one of the traits of a really good producer. I'm not ashamed Keep no more. the talent happy. You just killed a helicopter with a car. Alright, boys, prepare to be dazzled. Break yourself, fool. Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? It's important that we get together on this thing. If you had some glue, I'm really good at gluing, I could just glue it. You sandbagging son of a bitch. Y'all ready to bust some ass? Lick a license. Lick her license. We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. I am an FBI agent. You look like a blueberry. I don't give a damn what you think you're entitled to. You know who I am. You that silly ass reporter from the Channel 5 News, ain't you? I'm Mo Green. What are you looking at, butthead? Let's go, let's go. I'm bored, let's go. An aging street performer... Hi right, guys, this is Too Kevin much. Sorbo. Sorbo less. I thought it was good. It's my mic on. No, I like is it on? Rolling, rolling, rolling. We keep the movies rolling. Hi yep. kids. Bye. Fred Durst sex tape. And Pollard mm-hmm. and I watched that movie, and we can confirm he's short <laughs> and unedited. I get the impression this is Moose's bathroom. It's a power move. It's a it's a tactic. He knows you. He knows liquor store <laughs> liquor circus she knows me. I'm in Paris. Not a stop. Don't say that about me! I have to poo. I just want my vest signed! I'm not the stalker! Property brothers come in, they let oh. you knock down a wall, and then say, we want to we wanna surprise you at the end, you leave. And then they both double-team Zoe Deschanel. Chris and Scott? Do you think, like, Moose is so stupid that if, hypothetically, <laughs> Devin Sawa also murdered his son? Hey guys, I'm Johnny Redbucks. Dead-ass Dora. He thinks Dora's a but, snora. And the, the backyard is, there's, a, there's an odor that's just... 
<laughs> Try to make him suck his dick, and then Lenny Kravitz is like, let's fight. He's not going to be good at this. I no. can just tell. And no. you can just tell. Yeah, he's, he's, you would not be a good pickpocketer. Yeah, That's not my moose. <laughs> Duncan Stoichest? Duncan We're going to hit it at midnight? <laughs> my McMoose again. What takes me out of the moose V, Julio fingered Sawa and moose fingered his son. Julio ain't no Julio, <laughs> but also from the moose diddling. It's Fun, crazy. I love it. <laughs> oh my God, that is nice. That is nice. I thought it was interesting that they chose a male celebrity for the movie. And not that really, it, though, when you... Again, it would have been John Travolta. Would have been very uncomfortable with a female, though. No, I just feel like a rapey. I feel well, yeah. I just feel like that would be the sort of first thought is to go with a sexually driven. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe, maybe that's what I was looking for. Maybe that's what I a little bit more rapey. I mean, he's he's halfway there. Yeah, it was uncomfortably rapey enough. Um, <clears throat> why did she narrate the movie? <laughs>